Welcome to Fundraising Fundamentals. This is the Chronicle of Philanthropy's monthly podcast. I'm Tony Martinetti. This month, commanding constituent confidence. The Chronicle reports that one in three Americans lack faith in charities. My guest this month is Beth Gaisley, Associate Professor in the School of Public and Environmental Affairs at Indiana University. On Twitter, she's at Beth Gaisley. Beth, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tony. Pleasure to have you. You have some ideas uh, for nonprofits to try to uh, overcome this 33% uh, lack of confidence that Americans have in charities. Yes, I do. Um, I think it starts with public education. The, um, we, don't, we, we teach civic literacy of some kind or another in the schools. I don't know how much we teach philanthropic literacy even if we all agree that we should be teaching financial literacy or business literacy. Yes. So given that one in ten Americans out there is working in the nonprofit sector, I think we could, could, we could do more in that area. Uh, and what would you like to see? Uh, public education campaigns uh, or something well, by an umbrella, uh, like independent sector or, or charities doing it individually or both? Or? Well, one thing schools of public affairs do is we really do teach from a three-sector perspective. So um, we, we really see our mission as educating people to operate effectively in any of the three sectors. Um, for instance, I think two of the aspects of public education we could emphasize more is to help people understand the complexity of the nonprofit sector um, and its diversity. Um, they, we have credit unions. We have cemetery trusts. We have hospitals and soup kitchens chambers of commerce, political action committees. Uh, when people observe the sector and they see something that doesn't sit right with them, I expect very often what they're saying is, well, that's not like the charity I know, the soup kitchen down the street or the hospital on the corner. You, uh, you do something interesting with your students, uh, taking a walk and just observing all the impacts that nonprofits have had and, and currently have in our, in our day, just day-to-day lives. Tell us about that. Well, a lot of my colleagues who teach in the nonprofit sector, which is a big discipline, we teach nonprofit management and civil society management across the, the globe. And a lot of my colleagues use this exercise, and what we're really helping students understand is just how much of the nonprofit sector permeates what we see. Um, nobody has a signboard out in front of their their uh, business, their establishment, saying we're a nonprofit. But they're out there, and they really provide a lot of the um, somewhat invisible infrastructure that makes create such a healthy society we live in now. They also create the infrastructure that is advocating to improve things where things need improving. So, as you're walking out in the community, you're seeing churches, um, but you're also seeing. The uh, Americans with yeah, Disabilities they, Act they, uh, implications? Uh-huh. Yeah. The exercise goes like this. That it really helps people understand not only um, what they see as, as, it's, as it's been created by advocacy organizations, uh, unions that have advocated for a 40-hour work week and for overtime pay, unions that allow us to take a day off like I am today, um, and the uh, churches, which are also nonprofit organizations, um, advocacy organizations that created that curb cut. Those, uh, somebody with a disability can use a wheelchair and actually have public access to um, uh, city streets and all kinds of nonprofits, chambers of commerce, credit unions, where you take your money out of an ATM, many, many more examples. Yeah, so 
along with public education, is uh, is just awareness of the good that the sector does in our in our, our daily lives. All right. Yes, but I, I I would hesitate to put a giant halo over the nonprofit sector. The nonprofit okay. sector is a forum for civic advocacy, a forum for associational activity. It's really a creature of the First Amendment more than anything else. Um, and all kinds of activity happens in that sector. People organize to advocate for things they believe in. The, you may not support the National Rifle Association. I certainly do not, but I would support the NRA's ability to organize and advocate for something it believes in. Agreed. Agreed. Um, how about uh, regulation? You'd like to see some uh, enhanced regulation of the sector. Yeah, that would be the second thing. Um, the John Daner was was on record. I, it was one of your chronicle stories, in fact, um, saying that abuse of the system was the the major issue facing the nonprofit sector, at least facing congressional regulation of the nonprofit sector. I'm just really surprised not to see members of Congress um, supporting uh, Internal Revenue Service activity in this area more. I really feel like they've. Um, kind of put themselves in a bind by their defunding campaign against the Internal Revenue Service. The IRS has, in my opinion, has done the best it could with really constrained resources to regulate the sector. But this, the, their inability to do so has gone on for a long, long time. So I would start with, um, first of all, additional scrutiny at the point of creation, which is um, where, where the IRS is approving. Uh, requests for tax exemption, right? Um, and I would go from there. Based on that uh, form ten twenty three. That's right. Okay. Um, well, take it a little further. What else would you like to see IRS scrutinizing? Well, the other place where we see um, really quite a quite a difference um, in kind of the regulatory approach to the, to charities is at the state level. So legal form, of course, comes from state approval, and um, that's pretty easily achieved because um, states are good at creating new businesses, and so they're also pretty good at approving new domestic nonprofit corporations. But there's not much that happens after that in many states, including my own, Indiana. Um, And, you know, um, know, one of the great things about federalism is the good ideas trickle up. There are good ideas coming out of the states, The, the Model Nonprofit Corporation Act, for instance, the um, willingness of states to regulate cherries more, for instance, in California and in New York and in Massachusetts. One of the chief things they've been after all, all this time in those you know, more high regulatory states is transparency, asking charities to report more information to the public. And, uh, and I know that leads to your third point, but before we get there, yeah, the, really the, the regulation that I see mostly from the states is around fundraising compliance, that you have to be registered in a state before you're allowed to solicit donations in it, and, and that, uh, that uh, registration and renewal process. That's, that's mostly what I see uh, on an ongoing yeah. basis from the, from the states. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Although um, some of the states have also asked charities to report in other areas, not always with success. Um, for instance, the um, diversity of their board. That was a famous example that came out of California, and they, they reached a compromise on that. But um, the state's intent was pretty clear. If you're going to be serving a diverse sector, um, then we want to see underrepresented voices in mm-hmm. governance. But they didn't, uh, that did not succeed very well in California? 
<laughs> let's just say maybe the time hadn't come yet. Um, but that really does lead to the third point, which is, you know, if, if states were asking charities to do these things, these are things that charities are not already doing. They're things the state, I think, legitimately claims there's a public interest in. Um, the states don't always get it right, but this is an area where we, we really ought to see much stronger nonprofit advocacy functions. Um, there, again, another area where there's a very uneven coverage is kind of the, the independent sector advocacy voice at the state level. Mm-hmm. In some states, it's strong and effective, and in other states, it's practically non-existent. So, you know, we if we were working with legislators at the state level um, much more uh, energetically to, um, to help them understand what's best for the sector overall, then I think we might be treated less like bad actors who, who needed sort of this arm's length relationship. I don't think that's healthy. Sounds like there's a there's a place for the state nonprofit organizations, those state umbrella organizations, which I know are not in all 50 states, but they're in vast majority of states, 40 some. That's right. Um, and and of course that voice may come from individual charities advocating to the state organization that there there be the kind of uh, discussion and, and advocacy that, uh, that you're promoting. If they'd feel comfortable doing so. Yeah. Um, again, another really misguided uh, and unfortunately failed legislative action out of my state of Indiana was um, we have a, uh, a fund, a state fund for um, social services that serve low-income people. They're called Net- a neighborhood assistance tax credits. They're a good deal for donors because they provide a tax credit. Somebody proposed that those credits only go to charities that did not engage in any political advocacy of any kind, any lobbying of any kind, which is our legal right as charities. Mm-hmm. And yeah. fortunately, yeah. that failed. But this is the kind of, of area where we need much more of a, of a dialogue with state legislatures so they understand um, that, act, that advocacy actually strengthens the sector overall. We have to leave it there, Beth. I want to thank you very much, and especially thank you for being with me on a day off. Well, it was my pleasure, too. Don't forget that all of this rests on a platform of charity and um, being willing to um, communicate with the public and with donors about what charities are doing internally, including salaries. All right. <laughs> so I'll leave you with that note. <laughs> all right. Uh, I've talked thank about you, you're well. You're very welcome. Thank you. Uh, again. Care. Bye-bye. On Twitter, she's at Beth Gazley, G-A-Z-L-E-Y. I've talked about salaries on Nonprofit Radio, my one-hour show. So if you love fundraising fundamentals, check out Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. It's a weekly, hour-long, goes way beyond fundraising to help with all the issues that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. Social media, technology, board relations, volunteer management, events, and fundraising, and beyond. We've got over 10,000 listeners each week. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Info is at TonyMartinetti.com and on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Be with me next month for Fundraising Fundamentals.